0: Wednesday nights. And here, here's one of the first lessons we learned. The guy said, if you really want revival to come, he said, you take out a piece of chalk. And he said, you draw a circle right around yourself because ultimately revival has to start in you. You know, if, if revival's going to happen in our church, it, it, the revival has to first of all start in us. And so when we, when I think about racial reconciliation, here's, here's where we should start. We, we start with us. And so would we begin to pray, Father, whatever you want to teach me, then then Lord help that, uh, just show me that. And then I really think the Lord just put something on my heart uh, that, that night uh, that we can begin to take initial steps and in, in there being really reconciliation in our community. I think the Father's just giving me a vision uh, for something that we can do uh, as, as the people of God that would help bring unity in, in our culture. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I, I think we're living in one of the most divided times, that, that at least in my lifetime, that I that I can ever remember. And so where should uni- unity start? It's to start with the people who love Jesus. Because Jesus Christ came that, that there would no longer be black and white and Hispanic. Jesus Christ came so that there would be one people united in Christ that we would have a greater uniting than just the color of our skin. And, and so all I'm asking you to do is pray and then come out soon. You need to come be a part of it as well. All right, Proverbs chapter 8. Stand with me. Uh, we're going to read um, verses 1 through 5 together. We think about wisdom. All right, Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. With you. Uh, words will be on the screen. Follow along with me. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call. And my call is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we've read your word. Lord, we've heard it. But now, Lord, help us to take a moment and listen to it so that we can obey it. So, Lord, I ask that you would send your spirit to open up our eyes spiritually that we might see your word and, Lord, be ministered to you by your word this day. So, Heavenly Father, speak to us this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you guys, are going to be seated. In the book of Proverbs. It really is one of the best books in your Bible to learn wisdom. That's why men like Billy Graham and Johnny Hunt, they, they've made a conscious decision that every single day of their life, they are going to read the proverb that corresponds with the day of the month. And so today is, is March the 26th, okay? So Billy Graham, if he's still able, and Johnny Hunt read Proverbs chapter 26 today. It's 31 books in the book of, chapters in the book of Proverbs. And so, it just works out really well that way. Now, if you were to take the book of Proverbs and kind of, and kind of try to outline it, the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs, it really just kind of gives you a description of what Proverbs is. It talks about the Proverbs as, as, a, as a path, not, not necessarily a, 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 a door that you walk through. It, it talks about the purpose of Proverbs. It, it's very descriptive in, in what Proverbs is. But then you get to chapter 10, and through the end of the chapter, in the book of Proverbs, it's almost like the writers of the book of Proverbs, they begin to give like these little short one-line statements. And it's almost like they have the worst form of ADHD that you've ever seen your entire life. Because in, in seriously, like in one chapter, you can go from talking about adultery, to then talking about uh, laziness, then the greed, and and uh, then to slothfulness, and, and, and then you'll go back to adultery, and it's just like all over the place. And as a preacher, it's like the worst thing in the world because you're like, Man, there's no way that I could cover all of these topics, you know, just kind of working through them systematically. But the Holy Spirit knew exactly what he was doing when he inspired Solomon and the other writers to write the book of Proverbs. So today, we're looking at, you know, if if you've read through the Proverbs, probably the one chapter that stood out to you more than any other chapter would be Proverbs chapter 8, specifically because of verses 21 through 31, where wisdom is present at creation. But here's what I want to do in our time together this morning. I want to kind of take a bird's-eye view of Proverbs chapter 8. And so Conor, a bird's in the sky. He can kind of see everything. And, and so I want to try to take a bird's-eye view. And so in order for us to do that, that really means that we have to kind of skim the, the full meaning of the text. And so we can't really dive deep into any of it, but we can get a bird's-eye view of what's going on there. Now, the, the verses that we just read... Notice, notice what wisdom is. It's, it's personified. It, it's wisdom is given attributes of a human. And here's what what wisdom is doing. She's calling out. Well, now, where is she calling from? Well, or, or where is she calling? She's calling anywhere and everywhere. It's on the verse two. It's on the heights beside the way. It's at the crossroads, just beside the gates. It's at the entrance of the portals. And so you get this this picture, Miss Peggy. That wisdom is. Is just anywhere that she she can gain a following, she is crying out, "Hey, everybody! Uh, you guys need to follow me this way. You need to come." And so she's trying to talk to everybody. Well, who's she calling? She's calling everybody. Well, look at verse four. It's to you, oh me, and I'm calling. It's to the it's to the children of me. And, and so she's not. She's just saying anybody and everybody. I, I, I want you. And so here's what that means. If you are kind of young in your walk with Christ, right, you, you, you've just been a believer like a short period of time, she's calling out to you because here's the truth. If you ever want to grow deep in your walk with Jesus, if you want to become a mature follower of Christ, you've got to listen to wisdom. You And not just the wisdom of the world, you've got to have the wisdom of God in order to make godly decisions in your daily walk. It's for those who are young. It's also for those who are mature in their walk. Uh, I I mean, I want to make sure you hear me. If you ever get to a spot in your walk with Jesus, and you say, well, I don't really struggle with anything at this point in time in my life. You know, I've been a Christian so long I don't really have any struggles. Please see me after the church because I need to tell you that you're getting ready to fall in some way. Because we never get to that point. And so what wisdom does to those who are mature in their faith, they help you. Keep your feet pointed in a direction that's not going to lead you in a path of destruction, because you're walking in pride if you think you've arrived. Okay, and so it's for those who are young in their faith. It's for those who are old in their faith. It's for those who have never, ever, ever trusted in Jesus for their salvation. And so the wisdom of God is is calling, is pleading, begging that you would get off the path that leads to hell and destruction, and to take her path instead. It's it's it, it's for it's for everyone. And when you get on this path, here is what happens: you become the person that you really want to be. You, you become the father. You become the husband. Uh, you become the mother and, and, and the wife and the friend that you really want to be in the beginning. It doesn't really what matter your age, you are old or young. It doesn't matter if you are white, black, Hispanic, Asian, Haitian, young, old, Republican, Democrat. Wisdom shouting from the rooftops: Hey, come follow. All right, is everybody with me at this point? And so, if you're in this room, wisdom is, is shouting to you. Okay, so I said all that to say everybody in this room needs wisdom. And so now here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the personality of wisdom because there's the right wisdom and there's the wrong wisdom. There's a the worldly wisdom. And there's a the godly wisdom. I want to try to give you a snapshot according to this, these verses of how you can tell that you're really dealing with with godly wisdom. So I want to I want to make some some statements about wisdom, some, some ways you can kind of discover this. And so here would be my first statement. Wisdom is, is trust the Okay, now here's here's the statement. You can trust the wisdom of God for your life. Wisdom, the wisdom of God is something that you can trust. Now, here's where I get that. Look in verse 6. You can see 6 through 9, really. It says, "I this is speaking of wisdom. I will speak noble things. From my lips will come that which is right. My mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. I bet if I were to ask this question, can you think of anybody that you just really don't trust? I bet I could get some, I bet everybody in here could think of somebody. Politicians probably being at the top of the list, right? Right? And so, uh, how about this? Maybe maybe there's a family member or a friend uh, that any time you get in their presence, your radar kind of goes off and you're thinking, I've really got to evaluate what this person is getting ready to tell me because I know that they've just been prone, that they, they just always aren't very truthful. Anybody, you know, you got, you got friends or family members, things like that, you may lose. I mean, I was in the presence of, a, of someone recently and this person's entire life, it, it just been known that, doesn't always tell the truth. And so you just have to, you know, kind of evaluate what they're saying. You never have to do that with the wisdom of God. You can always trust the wisdom of God. We could go on and on about those people. Now, here's why I say that. Sometimes you will face a situation in your life where, from a human standpoint, it just does not make sense to get follow I mean, it just really doesn't make sense. And in those moments, here's what's happening. You are facing a crisis in your faith. All right? It's almost like Henry Blackaby in, in his book um, or in his Bible study, Experience in God, he called it a crossroads. You're at a crossroads thing. And if you're going to follow God obediently, you've got to respond in an appropriate way to the wisdom of what God's telling you to do. Now, here's some of the big ones that you could think about. Think about it in your finances. You're struggling to make ends meet. And so you've got a question. The wisdom of God says that you, you should give 10% to the church and keep 90% of yourself. Okay? It's just what the Bible says. In that moment, you're at a crossroad. Are, are you going to trust the wisdom of God and do what God says, or are you going to keep it off yourself? And sometimes it, it looks like this. I can either go on vacation or I can give you. I can let my kids do the things they want to do, like playing sports, or I can, I can give to the church. And in, in that moment, what you're at a crossroad, right? You with me? And the wisdom of God says, if you let the material things in your life be your top priority, you're about to fall. It happens in our relationships, in our marriage. Things get rocky, in the. Way of the world says, "Hey, just move on, cut your losses, and start afresh." The wisdom of God says, "Trust me. Use it as an opportunity to draw close to our heavenly Father and closer to one another." How about this? Those of you who are single, you know what happened. Say, if you're the guy and there's a girl that's like the girl that everybody wants, and she likes you, but she's not a follower. Wisdom of God says that's not an appropriate relationship. Or vice versa. What do you do? Right? At the end of the day, really? Those are no-brainers. I mean, the the, the scriptures are very clear. Here's what you should do. You you, you don't have to question that. It's just an an attitude of obedience. Do you want to be obedient to to what the Father has showed you? But what about this? There, sometimes there's a there's decisions that you have to make in your life that you don't have a clear answer in the scripture. Who do I marry? Where do I go to school? Where do I live? Where do I work? What age should I retire? You, all of these questions. And so you ask these questions and you seek the wisdom of God. And, and here's what that looks like, in my opinion. God's got God's given you a brain, so use. It. That's my number one thing. If you got a decision to make, God's giving you a brain, so let's. Use your common sense, and, let, and let's make a decision. But now here's the second thing. You have to walk by faith that God is a good, good father. You know, we, we I've said this before when we think about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is not a door you walk through. It's a path you follow. You know, because some of us, we, we have to make a decision. We've got A and B. We're like man, Lord, give me your wisdom to walk through one of these doors. And the father is saying, man, my wisdom is not a door to walk through. It's a path that you walk. And so what do you do? You you put your heart before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to make a decision that's going to be honoring to you. And then you pick one. You say, well, what if I make the wrong one? I've got a good, good father. If he's a good father, he's not going to let me make the wrong decision. And if I do, I'm going to trust him that he's going to get me out of that stupid decision that I made. I use my common sense, and then I realize that the wisdom of God is not necessarily a door I walk through. It's a path that I walk And so I'm seeking to honor Him with everything that I have in my life. So, wisdom of God is trustworthy, and so because it's it, it's trustworthy, I can trust it uh, that if I choose to follow this, that my life is going to turn out for the good. I can trust that. Number two, it's valuable. There's nothing more valuable than than the wisdom of God. Now look at verse 10 and follow. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice God, gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. If you look down to verses 18 and 19, you get the same thing repeated basically. Wisdom is more valuable than anything that you can have on earth. And because of that, we seek wisdom with everything that we have. So look at verse 17. Wisdom says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. You know what I've never met? I've never met a man that if I were to ask, hey, do you want to be wise? I've never met a man that said no. Right? I've, I've never met somebody Miss Susan said, yeah, I just want to be a stupid person all my life. Uh, yeah, you just don't meet those people. Everybody wants to be wise. And now, I've met a lot of people like this. They want to be wise, but they aren't willing to put in the work to be wise. It's, it's like the athlete that says, I want to be a star athlete, but I don't want to practice. It's like the person who says, I want to make a lot of money, but I don't want to work. If you want to be wise, there are some things that you're going to have to incorporate into your life if you want to have wisdom in your life. I met a... I, uh, I didn't meet although I felt like I've met him. Uh, I mentioned somebody a few weeks ago in one of my sermons. His name is Andy Andrews. Uh, he's, a, he's an author and a, you know, um, I guess you might call him a motivational speaker, but he speaks into the life of very influential world leaders in, in our uh, current, in our culture in our today. Connor, when Andy Andrews was 19, both of his parents died. And within a matter of months, Andy Andrews was homeless. In fact, in one of his books, he talks about him sleeping under the pier uh, somewhere in Alabama. One of the saviors of Andy Andrews, somebody gave him a library card and said, you need to read. Reading will help get you out of your current state. And so Andy Andrews just began to read. I mean, I think he said within a couple of years, he had read like 300 plus biographies of some of the great men and women uh, throughout the history trying to find out what it takes to be successful. Well, I'm reading one of his books. I just finished another book um, last week. But I'm reading another book called The Seven Decisions, Understanding the Keys to Personal Success. And here's, here's one of the things he said in his book. He says, one of the decisions you have to make is to seek wisdom in your daily life. And here's how he said, I'm going to give you a couple of the ways in which he said that you need to find wisdom in your life, and then I want to give you two things on top of that. So this is what Andy Andrews said. He says, first of all, if you're going to be wise, you have to read. You know what the national average is for the number of books that the average adult reads in a, in a year? Two. The average adult will read two books this year. I, I've heard it reported, and this, this statistic is dated. Now, men, this is for you. Statistics say that 85% of you will not read a book when you get You'll read the newspaper. You'll read a magazine. You'll read articles online but you won't pick up a book and you're not walking in the way of wisdom when you are not willing to read. So what do you read? Well, let me give you a couple of things. First of all, you read the Scripture. Get a Bible reading plan. Stick to it and get started. We're in the midst of one right now. We meet on Sunday nights. It's called the F260 Bible reading plan. We read one or two chapters a day. We meet at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. We talk about those things that we read. If you're having a struggle, you're struggling to find a Bible reading plan, just come with us. There is nothing very deep about it. We're just trying to understand what God says to us in His Word and then trying to just apply that to our lives. Then here's the next thing you read. Biography. Read about some of the great men and women of the faith. Read about Charles Spurgeon. Read about Billy Graham. Read about people like that. Read about some of the great leaders in history. Read about Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Martin Luther King, Robert E. Lee. These were all great leaders. Now listen to me. I will say this, but ladies, I want you to hear me now. Are, ladies, are you listening? Read novels. But don't read the romance novel. Beth Moore, she's got a very good novel out. But it's a novel with a purpose. It speaks to forgiveness. It, it, it speaks to things like that. And so you want to read novels? Read them. But read novels that's going to help point you in a direction that's going to help you honor Christ. And stay they stay away from the other junk that's out there. Okay? And so you read these things. But now here's secondly, surround yourself with godly people. You know, we've said this before. If you ever want to see who, a picture of who you really are, look at your friends. Have we all heard that statement before? And so we all want to have friends, but we need to surround ourselves with friends that are going to help point us to a way of, of Christ-likeness. Andy Andrews said this. He said, when you tolerate mediocrity in your choice of companions, you're going to become more accepting of mediocrity in your own life, and here's something to consider. He says, if a lazy person isn't an irritation to you, it's a sign you've accepted laziness as normal in your own life. Mm. Now, here, now here's the truth. Are, are you listening to me? You know how we normally choose friends—people who accept us just as we are—and we never want to have friends with challenge. You know what a true friend is? A true friend is going to help point you to Christ. A true friend is, is going to stand up to you when you're making a bad choice and say, I don't think you should do that. It's a bad friend that's going to let you make bad decisions in you. So find you some people that are going to speak the truth to you and help you in your walk with Jesus. Now here's, here's the wisdom. with you want wisdom, don't waste your trials. I think we've all been through them, right? It, and that we, we all go through bad experiences in our life, right? We, we all go through these tough times in our life. And a lot of times, and, and man, I just, be honest with you I've done it. I'm going through a tough time, and, and one of the first things I pray sometimes is, Lord, get me out of this situation. I mean, can I get an amen? Uh, Lord, I don't want to be here. But oftentimes, if you'll seek the Father's face in the midst of your trials, You'll be a wiser person after you go it. Here's what the proverbs say. Says sometimes we are refined in our lives like gold. Sometimes when, when they mine gold, it doesn't come out pure. There's a lot of impurities and different metals that are contained within that gold. And here's how they get them out. They put that gold in fire. And when it gets to a certain temperature, that gold begins to melt. And because the gold is heavier than the impurities in the gold, those impurities rise to the top. And what that goldsmith will do is, is when those impurities rise to the top, he'll begin to skim the top of that and he'll take out he'll take out the impurities. Now this is good, God. That's what happens in our life. Because when we come to the Father in salvation, we surrender our lives to him. The Father accepts all of our junk. He accepts all of our impurities. And a lot of times what happens is he'll have to place us in a fire, a fiery trial in order for those impurities to rise up, that pride, that anger, those insecurities. Those things will rise to the top in the middle of that fire. And the Father is not trying to punish you. Heavens, no, he loves you. But he's trying to get you to a place where you can deal with those issues and they can be taken out of your life. And so if you want to be a wise person, don't waste your trials. The Father oftentimes is trying to teach you something in the midst of those trials. And then here's the last thing. The Bible says if you want wisdom, ask for it. I didn't say that one. The Bible said it. James. If you need wisdom, ask for it. Now here's, here's the result. you got your Bible. That's looking at 20 and 21. Proverbs chapter 8. I walk in the, path, the way of righteousness and the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me. And here's this last part, filling their treasure. The promise is, if you'll seek wisdom, you'll have other things. C.S. Lewis, he made this great statement. He said, if you want secondary things, then seek primary things first. If you want the the, the jewels, if you want the, the wealth of this world, you better not seek that. That's not primary, that's secondary. If you want those things, you seek wisdom. That's primary. He says, if you seek primary things, you'll get secondary things. But if you seek secondary things first, you won't have either one. That's good. It's all. Seek primary things. Seek wisdom above all else. First things have to be first. And here's the third thing, I okay. think. Personal. Wisdom of God is personal. It's, now, you see that throughout this entire chapter. Specifically, you get to chapter, uh, verses 22 through 31, where wisdom is personified as, as helping out in, in creation. It's referred to as I, me, my. At the end of the day, I've said this all along, and they, they tell me as a, as a preacher that if, if I ever want the congregation to really, to really get something, that I need to repeat it over and over and over, and by the time I get tired of saying it, you, you just begin to get it. And so I've said this every week. And so maybe by by this point, uh, you get this. Wisdom is a person, and his name is Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, I think, is verse 24. Christ, Jesus, is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. At the end of the day, wisdom is a person, and his name is Jesus. Now, think about what we've just said. We've just said wisdom is valuable, right? Can I tell you something? There's nothing more valuable in your life than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. No. That's why Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, where it says, uh, Wisdom says that if you seek me, you will find me. Jeremiah, God through Jeremiah, basically said the same exact word. He said it's you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search with me with everything that you have. So if you really want to be wise, you're really seeking wisdom, what you're doing is you're seeking Jesus. You want Jesus to be incorporated into every single aspect of your life. There are no no sections of your life that say, God, you're off limits to this part of my life. That's not the way of wisdom. The way of wisdom is that you're seeking Jesus because he's the most valuable thing in your life. Now, here's the other thing. We've said that wisdom is something that you can trust. You can trust wisdom. Don't you remember Jesus, what he said, John chapter 14, verse 6, I'm the way and the what? Truth." Uh, John the Baptist, in in, uh, in in John chapter 1, verse 14, when he speaks of Jesus, it, I think it was John the Baptist, maybe it was just John the uh, Revelator, writing. And he said, Jesus, here is Jesus, full of grace and truth. If there's ever been uh, a point that, that we can look for that is true, we look to Jesus. and you know, you know what we do? Sometimes we look for an argument to prove that Christianity is true. And in reality, we don't have an argument that shows that Christianity is true. We have a person named Jesus, who willingly died and was resurrected from the grave three days later. We have a person that points to the reality of our faith in Christ. So here's the thing. Maybe you're here this morning and right now, just right where you are, you've made a mess out of your walk with Jesus. I mean, there's no shame in that. I think every person of faith would say there's there's been times we've made a mess out of our walk with Jesus. That Jesus is not only just full of truth, he's also full of grace. That means that no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, that, that what you've done can be corrected. I wrote this statement, and it just sounds like a, a country bumpkin. It sounds like a, a, a country theologian, but I wrote the statement. I can't take, nobody else can take credit for it but me. I said, whatever you've done to mess up, Christ can fix up if you want it. That's right. And that's it might be country theology, but it's gospel truth. Whatever you've done to mess up, Christ can fix up that you'll only mess up. Today, you don't, you don't have to live in the misery and the mistakes that you've made. You can trust the wisdom of God for your life because ultimately, you can trust Jesus in your life. He is for you. Do he, you hear me? He is for you. He's not against you. He wants you to become the person that you really want to be. In our Sunday school lesson, I'll close with this. I really worship the Lord just studying my Sunday school lesson this week. And um, the primary uh, person that we studied in our, in our Sunday school lesson is Zacchaeus. Y'all heard about Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in uh because the Lord he wanted to. And what did Jesus say? You have to. Got to go to preschool and you get that right. We read that passage in our in the scriptures this morning in our Sunday school. You know what Zacchaeus did? He came down from the tree. We have no record of Jesus it's saying Zacchaeus, you need to do ABC. You know what we have a record of. Zacchaeus came down from that tree. And immediately, he gave away half of everything he had. See, legalism says Zacchaeus came down from that tree. If you get your life right, you do this, you can be forgiven. Zacchaeus came down from that tree, and he entered into a relationship by grace with Jesus Christ. And he was completely changed. Lord, I'll give away half of everything I have. And Lord, if I've if I, if I taken something from somebody wrong with, I'll restore it fourfold. Great. See, he just called a glimpse of the grace of God. And then our son is blessed in the cross. He's blessed in the You know why Zacchaeus had to climb up in a tree? It's not only because he was short. Nobody else wanted him. In that culture, it was pointed out. Short they didn't mind short people being in front. Why? They see over. Right? You let short people in front of you all the time, right? You let kids get in front of you. They don't bother you a bit. You can see over. Not Zacchaeus. It's almost like they got hit to hit. Don't you let that guy get in Zacchaeus had a kind of fine. along came Jesus. Jackie, come down, I'm going to your house today. I know there's nobody else here like you, but I do. If I can change you, Jackie. You'll follow me. If you'll come down from your shame on that tree. Oh. I'm going to go up on another tree in a little while. And I'll take the shame that everybody's given you. I'll give you everything that I See, no matter where you are this morning, there is a man named Jesus that is willing to take place. He's willing that if you if you'll come down from that place where nobody accepts you, where everybody's rejecting you, he'll say, I'll take your place and I'll give you everything that I have. I'll, you can walk in wisdom, you can be forgiven, you, you can be restored. My understanding is that there's probably three types of people in this written story. There are some of you that you're, you're followers of Christ, but you've made a mess out of your walk. Not been living in the ways of the world, uh, in the ways of Christ. You've been living in the ways of the world. You've been doing those things that you want to do, not the things that God wants you to do. And the Spirit of God is just, it's just like the wisdom of God in those first four verses. It's, it's been calling out to you from every angle and aspect of your life, saying, "Don't go that way. Come this way." And this morning, that's exactly what the Spirit of God is beckoning to your heart, is saying, "Come back." You've been walking down the wrong path. It's been for too long. And today, the, the Spirit of God is saying, if you'll come back, if you'll come down from that tree, I'll take every bit of shame. So if that's you, I, I'm just asking, I'm just begging that you just come today and that you would just repent of that sin and that you would return to the joy of your salvation. There's, there's a second group. I, I bet there's some of you in this room who've never trusted in Christ you're up in that tree and maybe you're looking for that airtight, airtight argument that this proves that Christianity is true this, this morning the Father is just saying don't look for the argument look for the person and you'll see that person in Jesus who loved you enough and he gave to you life." this morning I'm going to ask that if that's you this morning that you would as we stand and we sing that you would just get up right from where you are and that you would come and say preacher today I want to trust in Jesus I don't understand all there is, but Zacchaeus, he he responded to the grace of Jesus and it changed his life. And I just want to respond and I want to give my life to Jesus and he can change Zacchaeus. There's a third group. Some of you are just saying, yeah, preacher, yeah, preacher, man, that's good. Today, man, would you just, just right where you are, would you just pray that the Father would presence of God would be so strong during this invitation that he would pray. If the Lord's not putting anything in your heart, you you just pray that. Lord, make our our invitation a birthplace for those who don't know Jesus. Make it be a healing place for those who are praying. Lord, you've given us great wisdom through your word today. Have all the honor and all the glory everything that's happening. That's all we need. Amen. Hey, if the Father is speaking to you, if you come, you guys go ahead and stand. Words will be on the screen.